Listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Joining me from Canton is Garrett Price. How you doing, Garrett? Good. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. So no Chevin tonight. So those are kind of big shoes to fill, but I think we filled them pretty well. What do you think, Garrett? I think we did all right. I, I do get a little tired of talking to this guy, um, <laughs> but you know, I guess I guess he's one of the best in the biz, so, so we'll, we'll let it slide. I would you. agree with that. <laughs> so joining us from the Dynasty Nerds is Mr. Rich Dodson. How are you doing tonight, Rich? Good, fellas. Thanks for having me on the podcast. First time on here, so uh, it's good to be on. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, for those of you who don't know, Rich is kind of the guy that gave me a start in the uh, quote-unquote fantasy industry. I've been writing for them since uh, November, December-ish. I don't know. I could probably look back and uh, give you that information but in case you're living under a rock somewhere and you only listen to the Dynasty Rewind, like Tyler, uh, love you, Tyler. Uh, Rich, why don't you tell everybody about your podcast and what you guys got going on over there? Well, yeah, uh, we, I, I have the, with you know, Garrett's on there as well, the Dynasty Nerds podcast. It's a Dynasty-centric podcast where we just do everything we possibly can to make sure you come away at the end of the year with the best possible Dynasty team possible. And I try to say the word possible as many times as possible. Uh, you know, <laughs> we feel like on the Dynasty Nerds podcast, we, we give you the most accurate rookie analysis in the business today. Uh, and I just feel like over the last five years, we've really got a really good track record of helping people build some really good quality Dynasty teams. That And that comes, you know, with the site too, DynastyNerds.com with writers like, you know, my, you, Mike, and that, the rest of the team that we just feel like we put everybody in a really good position to have the best dynasty team possible because there's a lot of people out there that's going to like overanalyze things and come at you with all these analytics and stats and sometimes mumble jumble it up and we just kind of lay it out for you in the simplest way possible and sometimes that's just the best way to do it so question for you rich and you know i don't remember hearing you talk about this when you scout a player what's more important to you analytics or film study Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't even care about analytics that much to okay. be honest with you. It's all, it's all film study for me. Okay, because there's uh, a lot of people that say, "Well, this guy's in this percentile, in this percentile," and I'm like, "How does he play against his competition?" That's what I care about the most. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, like breakout age analytics for this and that. I mean, yeah, I mean, those are all nice, but like a, a good player is a good player. You could see those guys right. on tape, and it's, and, and honestly, if you took all these statistics and you kind of just bunched them all up. There, there's outliers for everything. There's Everything's going to be outweighed. If it was that simple, it would just be a proven thing, and everybody would just do that. It's just not the case. Everybody's just trying to find that new edge, look a little fancier, and for me, it's just tape, man. When I'm, when I'm watching rookies, it's just tape, 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 and then after I watch tape, I'm reading scouting reports from trusted scouts that I know to make sure that I'm not missing anything because I'm not a scout. You know, There's, there's going to be tons right. of stuff that I miss. So, you know, it's, it's mostly just tape is what I really go off of. That's really about it. That's all, that's all I care about is tape. Show me, some, show me some good tape and I'll show you a good football player. And most times, I don't, you know, most of the time that player is going to pan out because he has good tape. Um, and then that's how you get good quality players as well because guys like Terry McLaurin or Hakeem Butler and these guys that fall in drafts because – they fell in the NFL draft a little bit, and you're like, wow, that is, that is, I don't even understand that. So they fall into your rookie draft, and then you end up getting a really good player. You know, Terry McLaurin right now, I know it's only a couple of days into training camp, but he's lighting up out there in Washington already. And this is a guy that we gave a first-round grade all the way through the process. And we didn't bump him down to the second round until really right after the NFL draft and kind of took a step back on Terry. But, again, it's just that's what it comes down to, the tape. It's all – that's the best thing you go on. So what was a bigger surprise for you on the NFL draft? Um, Hakeem Butler falling, Terry McLaurin, or Kelvin Harmon? Kelvin for Harmon. For me, it was the sixth round. I thought for sure he'd be gone way before then. 
Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was a huge surprise. Butler falling to the fourth was a huge surprise. I thought he was locked in in the second. I thought Kelvin Harmon wouldn't go later than the third. But you know, it's just it's up to them now. Hopefully, they have, they have that chip on their shoulder and they use that to get them where they need to be. Uh, you know, I think Harmon's in a slightly better spot than Butler just because of the competition wise, where Butler's mm-hmm. playing against you know against more people there, but. I like both players still. I think they're nice, good stashes on your dynasty team either way. Both guys you can get later in your rookie drafts at this point, so they're nice grabs. All right, I like what I'm hearing. So we're uh, we're going to do some news. We're going to be talking some wideouts a little bit later. Um, so some news, just a lot of injuries. we got Derrick Henry in a walking boot. Um, so all you people saying bye high on Derrick Henry might want to pump the brakes a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add to Derrick Henry. Garrett, any thoughts on him? Yeah, I've never him? never been a big Derrick Henry guy, uh, especially how PPR has become basically the main format now for almost every single league. I know there's a few that still play in a standard, um, but almost every league at least has a half point per reception, and, and most of them it's a full point. And so in that format, he, he's not catching any passes. And he's done this a couple times now where he looks really good at the end of the season. And then we get to start the year over again and we see that he turned back into a pumpkin. And so I'm not, I'm not investing any sort of uh, real capital on him. If you're in a league where you already had him for whatever reason, and you can't seem to sell him, don't necessarily sell cheap, but I, I just have no desire to have him on any squad. He'll have a couple games where he looks great and that'll probably be about it. Yeah. I'm I'm out, Rich. I think you're probably out on Derrick Henry as well. Oh, aside from I mean, the injury, yeah. I mean, anybody ever if anybody has any idea who I am, uh, they probably know that I'm the president of the, the anti Derrick Henry club because I've never been on Derrick Henry. We were saying don't even really draft him early in your rookie drafts. I, I, if you heard me before, I mean, I've literally have 500 different takes on why you shouldn't draft Derrick Henry. Like Garrett said. He, he's such a tease for what he does at the end of the year at the point where you're not even starting him anyways because he hasn't done anything for you all year. You're talking about a guy that from week 1 through 13 was running back 39 on a year. He's not even a running back 3. That's a regular season, guys. I don't know if you know that, but weeks 1 through 13 is entire regular season in your fantasy league. He was running back 39. No, thank you. I don't trust roller coaster running backs, man. Those aren't the guys, the guys that help you out. Touchdown dependent. Need big yards. He's in a walking boot. Deion Lewis is still there to catch passes out of the backfield. I, we're talking about a team where the quarterback's a question mark. The receivers are somewhat of a question mark at this point. Um, I love Corey Davis still, but there's a lot of question marks in Tennessee right now. And for me, I'm just going to punt that whole thing, that whole offense, honestly. I mean, I still want Corey Davis shares, but I, I'm on A.J. Brown's already hurt. Derrick Henry's already beat up. I saw that. I mean, I'm not getting in on any of this. I'm a huge anti-Derrick Henry guy. I think Derrick Henry's a good running back. I do. But I'm looking for guys who are going to help me win fantasy championships and put up big numbers, and that's not what Derrick Henry does. I'll pass. I'm going to look for the guys who are actually going to help me win games. Yeah. A guy that I know has been talked up all offseason, specifically in contending dynasty teams or redraft leagues, is A.J. Green. It looks like he was hurt today as well. Uh, that one doesn't look to be serious, though. I think he'll be fine. Low Rich, ankle sprain. Yeah, do you play any redraft leagues? I always wanted to ask you that. Yeah, I do a lot. I do uh, I do ESPN Cleveland here in Cleveland for redraft. It's all redraft. I do Fox Sports Ohio TV show. That's all redraft. Um, so, yeah, I do. I, I, I have a couple of redraft leagues I've been in for a really, really long time that I play in. And then I usually do – I started last year. I do a couple, like, listener – Redraft leagues as well. Now, I don't like them as much as I used to. That's for sure. Um, they're not as fun for me, but I still do them just to kind of just be involved. It, right. with, with doing a radio show and whatnot, I just have my – I don't want to be just locked in on Dynasty. So, for me, I, I still play redraft. I probably do about <laughs> – I still do about six, seven redraft leagues a year, I think. Nice. Uh, I know Garrett, you do a bunch of redraft too. Actually, Garrett, one thing I found out about you this week that really surprised me um, from the last Dynasty Nerds episode is I didn't know that you were so big in the Devi as you are. Yeah, I've it's it's really kind of happened over the past four or five months. Um, but I think because I was so rookie focused, uh, the NFL draft happened, and 
I was like, I felt good because I felt like I was a little bit ahead of everyone else, especially when I was, you know, talking with Rich and Matt, you know, they'd done such a great job for years on really digging into the tape. And uh, I think they, a lot of people were looking for a break. And I was like, I, I, I don't want to take a break. Like, I'm ready to, like, figure out what's happening next. And so I think that's what really made me uh, jump into Debbie so much is I, I'm I'm already looking for what's next. I want, I want to try to be ahead of the curve. And so when I'm trading these draft picks, I already have a good idea in mind of what type of player, what caliber of player is going to be there. And so it really stemmed from my love of Dynasty. I feel like it's made me a better Dynasty player. But in order to do that, I've had to play in quite a few Devi leagues. So, uh, re- really been enjoying that though. Well, in that uh, Devi league that we're in, that's doing a concurrent Devi and NFL draft at the same time, which is it's brutal, fun and confusing. Feel free to throw a couple guys my way that I should draft next. Where we in like <laughs> the fourteenth round? I'm just looking for a guy that has a pulse at this point. Actually, I think yeah, it's I just drafted deep. the. I think I just drafted the kid that's eight years old that lives down the street from me. So <laughs> in about 14 years, he's going to be fantastic on my He's going to be a stud. Um, Rich has two sons. Maybe you can draft one of his boys. Is any of them named Baker, though? Because I know uh, you want to still, still legally trying to change that. Still working <laughs> on that. Uh, that would be so awesome if you could do that. Uh, that was a plan of ours, uh, my wife and I both being Eagles fans. If we had a son... He was going to be named Carson, just like uh, the thousands of other kids named Carson in Pennsylvania now. Uh, but we had a daughter, and you know she's awesome. Her name's Cora. She's beautiful. I love you, honey. Uh, but moving on from children and what their names are. So we're going to do the price check of the week brought to you by Garrett Price. And that's going to kind of roll into a little bit of the news that we have going on as well. So Garrett, why don't you uh, drop the price check on us? Yeah, so like you said, it's kind of tying into a lot of the news uh, we have right now going on in New York. Uh, these football giants, uh, I don't know if there's there's something in the water or what's going on, but their wide receiver core uh, is being decimated at the moment. Uh, we already have heard about Sterling Shepard. He has a, a thumb fracture. Uh, he's going to be out for about six weeks, so that puts him right around the beginning of the regular season. Uh, so we'll see kind of how that goes, how his recovery uh, is looking. Uh, we know that Corey Coleman tore his ACL, so he's out for the year. Uh, and he was kind of targeted to be their their wide receiver three at the time. And now it's looking like Golden Tate could end up missing some time. Now, Mike, you and I were talking about it beforehand. If if the information that Golden Tate put out is true, uh, it's it's a little bit of a heartbreaker because it looks like they were trying some fertility stuff. And something in that was a banned substance by the NFL. And so that's why he got flagged. Do I have all that correct, Mike? Yeah, that's what I saw on Twitter today. So, but then again, that's his word against the leagues. And it seems like the league really does not bend on stuff like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, if that's the case and they don't bend, then we're looking at four games out for Golden Tate. Uh, so that this has really put the the Giants in a bind before we've even gotten to a single preseason game. So because of that, one of the guys that I had been preaching both on Dynasty Nerds here on Dynasty Rewind on Twitter, I've I've been pushing him everywhere is Darius Slayton. And now, uh, you know, he if you if you listen during this time in these past few months, you're celebrating right now because you now have a guy that has incredible incredible opportunity. But even though I have been the the uh, the what would it be the engineer of the train of the Darius Slayton hype train, now is not the time to buy. Uh, he was a fifth round pick. I love the kid. He's got size. He's got athleticism. Uh, but he's going to start skyrocketing in rookie drafts. I'm not saying to sell because you need to hold on to this kid. He's got raw ability. There's a lot of stuff to like about him. But he's going to skyrocket in your drafts. Usually you're able to get him in the fourth round, fifth round of rookie drafts. No problem. You're going to see him now going in the third. And I wouldn't be shocked, depending on the news and how different things shake out, if he starts sneaking into the second round. Fantasy football can be very reactionary, and people are going to be looking a lot at 2019. Uh, So... Now is not the time to buy. I know I've been telling you to buy every single week leading up to now, but let's hold the brakes for a little bit until we get a little more information on what's going on with the Giants. Yeah, it's just a crazy situation. I feel bad for the Giants in this regard. Um, I mean, I wasn't anticipating them having a great season anyway, so 
It's just a huge blow. Um, so hey, speaking of bad seasons, we're going to talk about, you know, there's a lot of guys that get hyped up on Twitter. And one thing that I noticed about fantasy football, Dynasty in particular, um, everybody kind of has their guys that they will always go to bat for. And if another person doesn't like that guy, that automatically means that you're wrong and that person sucks. I think that's how it works, right? On Twitter, yep. usually. Um, so we're going to talk about guys that we think are just going to be duds this year um, for 2019 or maybe even beyond. Who knows? Whoever you guys think. Um, so I know you guys focus predominantly on offense over at the Dynasty Nerds. So I do have a couple offensive guys, but I have a bunch of uh, – defensive players as well just want to uh, somebody did contact me and say they want more idp content on the dynasty rewind so um i got some for you today so rich you're a guest who do you have as the first fantasy flop for 2019 well we are talking about derrick henry's my number one fantasy flop uh just for where he's going right now i mean he's running back like 19 on fantasy pros for the season so for me everything i even said before it, that that investment, that juice is just not worth the squeeze on him. I, I'm, I'm just really worried about him. Um, you know, somebody who I don't think is going to be a flop that uh, I'm somewhat worried about right now is Joe Mixon as well, which is which is crazy to say because how talented he is. He's kind of like that Le'Veon Bell, poor man's like Le'Veon Bell for his ability. But, you know, with A.J. Green just beat up right now, Andy Dalton, Tyler Eifert's just a, you know, he could get hurt any second. But it's really because as well – that offensive line is just, I mean, you could argue that's the worst offensive line in the NFL. I mean, people are retiring. People are quitting on the Bengals at the offensive line position. They just brought back Andre Smith off the streets. He's a left tackle that's been off on the streets. They just bring him back to go play on the offensive line, and that's going to help. That worries me a little bit. So this isn't saying Joe Mixon's going to be a dud whatsoever, but just where he's going right now for – you know, obviously, in a, you know, in a redraft and just for this season, I have some worry there about Joe Mixon. So who would worry you more right now? Um, and hopefully this doesn't take away from anything you were going to talk about later. Who worries you more, him or Todd Gurley? Oh, Joe Mixon. Okay. Because offensive right. line. I know Todd Gurley's awesome. Uh, you know, I think I think the, you could flip to Todd Gurley news right into Daryl Henderson where I think he's being overvalued because of – the, it's weird how we have it. like Derrick Henry and like Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley are in two completely different boats here. Uh, one has Derrick Henry skyrocketing because he had a last his last couple games were awesome, and now he's the second coming of Todd Gurley. He's gonna rush for two thousand yards. He's gonna be the he's gonna be your baby's mama, daddy. He's gonna be he's gonna be the love of everybody's life. And then Todd Gurley on the other hand has just slipped. Like completely, like he's just walking on banana peels because nobody wants to touch him now because he has arthritis in the knee. But he's still only 24 years old. Todd Gurley is really young. Where, yeah, is Todd Gurley going to have a long career? Most likely not. Are they going to cut out some of Todd Gurley's carries and give Daryl Henderson some carries? Yeah, but to the point where he's not going to be one of the top six dynasty or fantasy running backs out there? Absolutely not. Todd Gurley's been... I mean, it's probably it's probably that ship has sailed a little bit here. But Todd Gurley was such a good buy um, from actually going to the point of selling him. And the long term value, I said, it's a big concern. But we're talking about the, the one of the top scoring fantasy running backs in the NFL today, and nobody 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 wants to touch him because he has arthritis in the knees. That's going to last for five more years. But if you can get Derek Todd Gurley till he's twenty eight, maybe get to twenty eight which doesn't seem like it's too unlikely for me at all, for him to at least get to 28. That's four more years. That's a lifetime in dynasty fantasy football. So, yeah, I'm way more worried about a guy like Joe Mixon than a guy like Todd Gurley. Uh, I'll take the talent. I'll take the team, the better team, and I'll definitely take the better offensive line. And those, all those check marks literally go on the side of Todd Gurley. So, Rich brings up a good point. You may have Todd Gurley for four years, but – um, when you're talking about longevity, you have to win the championship this year first before you think about next year. The goal is to win the championship every single year. So, you know, try to win it this year. Um, I mean, if you can get Gurley, acquire him cheap, I would definitely say do it. Uh, so, Garrett, who do you have as a flop for this year? Yeah, 
flop would maybe be a little bit of a strong term. I don't think that this guy is going to completely bottom out and be terrible, but I, th I do think we're going to be disappointed um, in where he finishes at the end of the year, and that's Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen started off the year on fire last season. I mean, the first eight games, he was he was looking like the 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 second coming of name your favorite wide receiver, and he probably filled those shoes. I mean, he was he was getting so many catches, so many yards, getting in the end zone, and then he looked like a completely different player in the second half. However, he still ranked roughly as a, a right around a wide receiver one, low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. Uh, right now, DLF has him currently as the 14th wide receiver uh, with the, with the offense, the new offense that's coming in here uh, that they had just through the, the past or the last few games of last season, we saw his numbers dip there. I don't think it's going to be quite that terrible, but it, I'm having a hard time seeing there being enough to go around for uh, Stefan Diggs, Thielen, and then how much they want to put an emphasis on the running game from what we keep hearing as well. I do see some of that high-end production from Thielen dropping. So do I think he's going to be you know, a wide receiver four or something like that? No, nothing crazy like that. And I do think he'll still have good weeks. But I think if you're hoping that, man, I could get the wide receiver 10 on the season or you know, wide receiver eight on the season or something like that, I think you're going to be pretty disappointed. I think he's probably going to be more like a low-end wide receiver two. Okay. I, I like that, and I, I do agree with that. Um, uh, so you ready for me to piss Shevin off real quick? With my guy, do it. I'm out on Khalil Mack this year. Ooh. I know Khalil. I know he is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Um, he's always been pretty productive. He was hurt last year. Um, I just think Roquan Smith is going to get better in year two. Khalil Mack is a guy that teams will game plan for and try to run away from, and you know just pass away from, obviously. So uh, Roquan Smith, I feel, is going to be the benefactor or beneficiary. Which one is it? Beneficiary. It doesn't matter. I would say it's beneficiary. Okay. Well, he's going to get all the points. How's that sound? I'll there just you go. dumb it down for myself. Um, I just think he's the guy that's going to eat in that defense. Um, he's going to keep getting better. If he was not playing with a guy like Cleo Mack, he'd probably be getting talked about. I mean, he already is getting talked about as one of the better linebackers in the NFL. But his numbers would be significantly better if Cleo Mack was there. So by year's end, Roquan's going to surpass Cleo Mack, so I'm staying away from Cleo Mack. And, Rich, it is back to you. Okay. Yeah, I like the, uh, Garrett's take there on Adam Thielen. Uh, I don't think he falls down to, like, a low-end wide receiver, too. I can definitely see him still at, as a, a solid uh, high-end wide receiver, too. But a lot of people are drafting him to be a wide receiver one. With that new Stefanski offense where he saw his target share dip from, like, 28% to 15%. Uh Another guy on the list that let me see here in in the rankings when it comes down to like tiers, I think it kind of like disappoint where they're gonna finish out here. I think Marlon Mack. Uh, some people might be drafting him to be their like running back one overall, and I could I could easily see Marlon Mack not finishing the year as a running back one this year, and that's not even really a, a knack on him. I think his lack of pass catching ability is really what's gonna be his downfall from being a running back one. I think he'll have a good amount of yards. Uh, the touchdowns, we'll, we'll see where that comes from. But guys are, you know, just they see that offense and they're looking at Indy, which has a great offense, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And the Mac of just how he did last year, he's just locked in as a running back one. But with guys coming back and the new running backs in the league as we have right now, and there's only 12 running back ones. And for me, Marlon Mack, just, he, does, he doesn't fit – that run, like that necessity, what you need to be a running back one, because we always had the running back one who's just like a strict PPR guy, you know, like the Duke Johnsons, Tariq Cohen last year, Duke Johnson the year before that. There's always that one guy who just catches a lot of footballs, which kind of bumps out a natural rusher, and then there's just too many running backs that can actually, you know, rush and catch the football. You know, Karrion Johnson's probably going to be a running back one this year. Like, who are you bumping out to get Marlon Mack in? Marlon Mack to me is a mid-range running back, too, who is going to have the yards and he's going to need the touchdowns to really give him a boost, but I think he's going to disappoint his draft status. Hmm. That, that does not bode well for um, the running back room in my home league. But, uh, <laughs> Garrett, any thoughts on Marlon Mack before we go to your guy? I, I really didn't think about it that way until Rich said it, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, it's something that that I know that we've been talking about a little bit before uh, on the on the Nerds podcast. Uh, it's it's not that I think Mac is a terrible player. Uh, I think he does some good things, but uh, he's not a great pass catcher. Hines is going to fill that role for the most part. Um, he's he's often injured. He's really struggled with the injury bug in his first two seasons. And when you have as good of a running back class coming in in 2020 as we do, he's going to have to be elite this year to make sure that he's not replaced. And I'm not sure that he can be that elite, elite running back. And so I have I have some long-term concerns uh, for Mac. So if, if it's strictly redraft, I, I'll boost him up a little bit higher. But in Dynasty, I've actually sold him a couple places. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at names here, man. Like guys that like I think are going to finish with more fantasy points, at least like at the worst case, pretty close to them. Like a guy like David Montgomery, right? He could easily outproduce with his catch bet pass catching ability. A guy like Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs could be in that category. Those are two guys: Kerryon Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Aaron Jones. I mean, Leonard Fournette if he's healthy, Damian Williams if he's a guy all year in Kansas City. And that's even, and then. Those are just those are what five six guys, and we haven't even named the top twelve yet. So that could push a guy like Marlon Mack all the way down to running back, you know, eighteen to twenty four, which would make him a low end running back too, which would completely offset of what everybody's expecting him to do this year. So I think we could probably say that Marlon Mack is the prime example of the hashtag two to three year window that you preach on the Dynasty Nerd Show. So um, I'm probably going to sell him after this year, to be honest with you. Oh, I'd 100% try and sell him. I would try and if I if once I if I was if I had Marlon Mack on a team and I knew I was not a contender, I'm selling. If I had a Marlon at any point that I felt like I was going to be eliminated from the playoffs on a dynasty team, I'm selling. If I got through the year and Mack somehow finishes running back 16 somewhere in those long along those lines, again, I'm selling Marlon Mack in every format. Well, I'll tell you what, Rich. See, my plan was, and since I have you now, I can ask you this. I always wanted to ask you your opinion on my team. Um, He is my running back three currently. I have uh, Alvin Kamara is my one. Kerryon Johnson is my two. And then I have him as three. So I'm thinking about getting this year out of him. And I have two 2020 first-round picks. Oh, your money. You're good. I mean, that's yeah. that. No, you have Mac exactly where you need Mac. You know, like a guy yeah. that you could, you know, depend on a matchup against Carry On or what's going on Carry On. You could start Mac. So, I mean, you, I, I love Mac as a running back three. That's fantastic. But just, yeah. I, I'm just looking at where people are expecting Mac to be. You know, either you know they go zero running back and they're like, oh, I'll get a guy like Marlon Mack. He'll be my running back one. Or he's locked in as my oh, like people that preach like, oh, Marlon Mack's my running back too. Like. Beat that. I'm like, okay, I can beat that pretty easily. <laughs> I could see you saying that too. That would be awesome. Yeah, um, that's so, exactly how I would say it, just like that, word for <laughs> word. Garrett, I don't think we got to your flop, did we? Because I was just kind of stealing your thunder there. Oh, my second one? No, we have not yet. Okay, go for it, Garrett. I have a couple guys that um, that I that I'm really intrigued by. Um, and I, and I think they're going to disappoint. And one of those guys that I have not bought anywhere, uh, despite being offered a decent amount. And so I don't know if that says what other people believe as well. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty far out on Philip Lindsay. Uh, I'm not really buying uh, all of what he did last year. Now, granted, he had a great season last year. And I don't want to take anything away from a guy that was an undrafted free agent, overcame the odds, performed in his home city. Like all of that is awesome. But everything went about as perfect as it could have possibly gone for him last year. Royce Freeman kind of underproduced, didn't really do well. Um, The coaching staff really bought into him. He got the workload he needed to be able to succeed. But now we have a completely new coaching staff in there. So there's no loyalty to anybody in there. On top of that, if Royce Freeman does even half of what we think he could do, I think this is much, much, much closer to a true timeshare. And if that's the case, if, if Philip Lindsay's your RB2 that you're really counting on, I think you're going to end up being pretty disappointed most weeks. Rich, any thoughts on uh, Philip Lindsay before we move on? Yeah, I thought Philip Lindsay looked pretty good last year. Uh, I'm not ready to bail on that. I think I think a lot of people that promote the uh, Lindsay uh, downfall are just Royce Freeman truthers. And for me, going back on Royce Freeman, uh, his last year at school, like the tape didn't really overly – uh, impressed me. He didn't do anything last year to overly impress me. 
And he had every opportunity last year to kind of be the guy. And I'm sorry for the running backs. That's one position where you need to come in with with guns blazing. You know what I mean? Like it's not how many, there's not many running backs that you see come into the league that, you know, it's not like a receiver where it's like, oh, they need time to develop. And, you know, two years down the road, uh, he'll be good. I mean, besides a guy like Mark Ingram, you know, there's not many guys that come in the league that do that. Lindsey looked good enough for me in that offense to be a nice, solid running back. Again, maybe like a PPR running back two kind of guy. Uh, I don't know, I guess, how people would overvalue him. So if he's going to flop there. I don't think he just duds out. I mean, he looked good enough to me last year. I could kind of see him still being a solid running back. It's, and it's more so that I just, I'm not a big Royce Freeman believer. So I just think Lindsey's going to be the guy there by default. And by me, the guy there in Denver in default, um, than we did last year. I just, a guy who gets that many carries and opportunities is just going to produce. Yeah, I think, uh, I feel like Philip Lindsey's been really overlooked this offseason in a lot of startups. So um, curious to see how that. You know, that whole situation pans out this year. And, you know, speaking of uh, Denver, um, one of my flops is not necessarily on Denver, but just any one-trick pony defensive end. Uh, any guy that all he does is rush the passer and gets no tackles whatsoever, um, super sack dependent. So, uh, to me, from the IDP standpoint of things, that's like a running back that has no PPR value and is extremely touchdown dependent. Um, so, an example of that is a guy like Von Miller. Great pass rusher. Would I want him on my NFL team? Absolutely. Uh, on my dynasty team, I'm going to take a guy that's way more consistent than someone like that. So those one-trick defensive ends, uh, you could stay off my team, please. Uh, so, Rich, it is back up to you. Yeah, give me Will Fuller for the Houston Texans wide receiver. Um, I've never been on Will Fuller, and I know when he came in there, uh, when they got to Sean Watson, he started going off. And most of those were a lot of those had to do with touchdowns. I think it's a guy with his frame, he just can't stay healthy at all. He's consistently hurt. And I really like what I saw to Kiki Kuti last year, definitely towards the end of the year for the Houston Texans. For me, I think he's going to take away from Fuller. Nobody's taken away from DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that's just not even possible. Nobody's going to take away from him at all. So somebody's got to you know, take away from Kuti, who was actually heavily targeted in an offense. And you could say, oh, he was only heavily targeted because of no Will Fuller. I disagree because not only was he targeted, he had a really good rapport there with Deshaun Watson, and he produced. I mean, they were targeting him heavily. And right now, everybody's drafting Will Fuller ahead of Kiki Kuti. Will Fuller, with where he was drafted, uh, what money he's going to be owed, There, there's no way I, I even see them really keeping him in Houston. He's that one-trick di- dimensional kind of player that pretty much goes deep in my eyes. Small hands, drops a ton of footballs, not reliable. I don't like Will Fuller. Haven't yet. I think he disappoints. Okay. Garrett, thoughts on Will Fuller? See, I pride myself at times uh, disagreeing with Rich, but he keeps picking guys that I agree with him on. So, you know, thanks a lot for that. Uh, but but once again, I do. I, I agree. Uh, Will Fuller is not a guy that I've ever targeted. Uh, it's, it's tough at the wide receiver position to have those really boom-bust players. And he's one of those guys that, you know, yeah, he's going to win you a couple weeks. But he's also going to put up some goose eggs, and he's going to have some weeks where uh, he's injured. And so to, to try to count on a guy for 16 games, he's not one of those players. Yeah, I mean, Kuti was targeted. He averaged 10 targets per game over his last five games with a 28% target share as a rookie. So he's in, he's entering the second year, which is going to be a big step forward for him. Uh, it just It's going to – to me, again, it just it's – it just kills Will Fuller for me personally. Okay. Uh, Garrett, who is your flop then? So this is one that I brought up on the Nerds the other day, and uh, it was somewhat controversial at first, I think, but uh, the more I think people thought through it and the more people talked about it, uh, I've, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, you know what, actually I'm, I'm kind of on board with that. Uh, and it's Keenan Allen. Often you're drafting Keenan Allen as your, your, your wide receiver one, uh, maybe if you're going back-to-back wide receiver in your draft, he might be your second wide receiver. Um, but for the most part, he's being taken um, in that top 10, 11, 12 uh, range in almost every draft that I've seen. And I get it. You know, he's he's been a good player. These past couple seasons have been uh, about as great as you could have expected. Um, even at Nerds for a while, we had him as high as our seventh-ranked wide receiver. 
But we forget that he was injured in both 15 and 16, missed a bunch of time um, in those two seasons. And he's been targeted like crazy these past two seasons. Phillip Rivers hasn't done that for the most part. Every season, he's uh, every every player that he's targeted in the past decade before these past two years with Allen have been under 120 targets. Allen had 130 and 150. But now we have Mike Williams coming onto the scene, who I think yeah, is going do. to absolutely cut into that target share. And Hunter Henry's coming back and is healthy. And I think he's going to cut into that target share. And if all of these rumors about Melvin Gordon are true... That means you're going to get a lot more Austin Eckler, who is a great pass-catching running back. So I just don't see the target share being there. It's not that I think he's a bad player. I just think his value is at its absolute peak right now, and it's only going to head the other direction from here on out. Yeah, I I agree with that too, especially um, I bought Mike Williams after listening to the Dynasty Nerds podcast, so um, I'm all in on big Mike this year. And I think he's just going to be fantastic. And if the Chargers running game takes a hit, obviously they're going to have to pass the ball more Eckler. I think he's a decent runner, but I know he's an outstanding uh, receiving back. Justin Jackson's there too. He strikes me more as the, uh, between the tackles pounder type guy. Um, Rich, any thoughts on Keenan Allen before we move on? No, I said we talked. Matt had some good points too, about his, how his uh, stats were going down. Um, throughout the season as well. I, I still like Keenan Allen, but again, I, I think he he could definitely take a step back from where, where he's being drafted. So I kind of agree with everything Garrett says there, which is kind of a lazy take, but it, it's we just talked about it as well in the Nerds casts, and I'm a huge Mike Williams believer, and, and everybody ask, keeps asking me, where, well, where's it going to go? He's just because of Tyrell Williams' uh, 65 catches or targets and Hunter Henry being back. And I, I'm saying that, you know, it's not just Tyrell Williams. He's going to cut into Keenan Allen's as well. He's at, what, the seventh overall pick in the draft coming to his third year, which is a breakout year for most wide receivers. Yeah, give me give me Mike Williams all day. And somebody's got to suffer. And unfortunately, to me, it's going to be Keenan Allen. So I did make a point about four or five episodes, too, with the whole Hunter Henry coming back thing. And people are saying that that's going to take away from Mike Williams. Yes, Hunter Henry is going to take targets, but he's also going to take away his coverage. Um, Safeties are going to have to come down. That's going to open up more space for Mike Williams, too. So um, something to keep in mind there. Um, That being said, you know, Rich, I have a question because Garrett disagreed with me. He thought I was weird. When you get a new T-shirt, do you wash it before you wear it? Because I do. Garrett doesn't. He said I'm weird. What do you think? Uh, I don't, but my wife does. Okay. Well, see, so like if I get a t-shirt in the mail, I, I'll open it. My wife will be like, oh, nice t-shirt. And I'll be like, so are you doing dark wash anytime soon? Because I really want to wear this, but I had to wash it first. So. <laughs> even, even if it's from the mail, like I can get it more if you're at like Kohl's or something like that. And like people could have potentially tried on. But if it's like from the mail, like it, it literally just shipped to your house. Yeah, and other people touched it before it got here. Oh, jeez. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about stuff like that. So, yeah, I'll just rock the T-shirt. No, it's I I don't know where people have been. I don't I don't know. You know, I deal with enough. Here, here's my whole thing, and you might think it's weird. I deal with enough dirt and grease and grime at my job every day that, like, I want my house to be that nice, and the things that I put on my body outside of work, I want that to be, like, a nice, clean sanctuary. You know what I mean? Like, I had to do transmission cooler lines on an Equinox at the end of the day Friday. Thank you, Marty, for letting me do that instead of going home early. I was covered in <laughs> grease from my fingertips halfway up my arms, like halfway up my biceps, which are bulging, by the way, everybody. So it took me longer to clean my arms off than it did to do the bill on this car. It was terrible. So uh, that being said, uh, guys that I'm out on, and if you're new to IDP, don't let numbers fool you here. Any elite cornerbacks. Um, these are guys that are going to have a, a big grouping of interceptions one game, and they're just going to fall flat off the earth uh, for like weeks in a row. Uh, this is another thing about consistency. Um, when you're scouting defensive backs for your IDP team, you stick with safeties, better chance for tackles, still have a good chance for interceptions. Uh, if you have an elite cornerback that has a couple good games, trade him as soon as possible. Um, and Rich, when are you gonna when are you gonna play in an IDP league with me, man? We gotta Absol- get you an IDP. Absolutely never, ever. Oh, come on. <laughs> Will I never do it? I have no interest in doing it. I don't want to do it. I hear, you know, and then you hear about like, oh, the IDP guys, like they're not even like as important. They don't get drafted that high. It's it's just no. My my hands are so full. And I put so much time into these offensive guys. I cannot I cannot dive into another side of the football. I just can't do that to myself. I have. 
I have so I have such a limited free time now. Uh, I'd be crazy to try and take on another adventure like that. So literally, when I say never, never, I don't even like auction leagues. To be honest with you, like I'm in an auction league, and I don't even really like it that much. Really? Yeah, yeah I've I been mean, in for a couple I, of years. I'm not a big fan, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've I've never tried that, but I, I always did want to try an auction league. So, um, all right, well, I tried to get Rich to play right, IDP. Wait, real quick, failed. gun to your so, head, Rich. You got to choose one: IDP or Devi. Which one are you doing first? Oh, Devi for sure. Like not even. Like, oh, really? I thought that was gonna be closer. No, no, because then I would just you know at least like Devi. Because, I mean, most Devi leagues, like, it's not even that, like, many Devi players you even get. You know what I mean? So, a lot of times it's not even that deep. So, you you get away with knowing some of the big names as it is. I would just use that opportunity to, you know, start scouting. Like you mentioned earlier, Garrett, to start scouting these guys way earlier than I do. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, gun to my head still, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely Devi. All right. Well, I tried. Tried and I failed. Sorry, everybody. Um, I don't know how many more you guys have. I have a bunch, but I always am over-prepared in case one of my guys gets stolen. Um, but, Rich, we're back to you. Let me know when you're have when you are out of people you want to talk about, and then we could just move on. So, oh. Um, crap, I mean, I'm man. sure you could talk Dynasty all night. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, guys that I'm just out on, like, Dynasty-wise, like, if it, maybe not, like, duds the same maybe this year, but guys, I'm kind of like out on dynasty wise. Um, I'd have to look at some overall rankings. I only had three guys down here, but like just looking at the guys last year, um, I think a guy like Kenny Galladay to me, uh, he's just a little bit overvalued for my liking. Uh, a guy who an offense that I think wants to run the ball first, only finished last year as wide receiver 21. Uh, for Detroit and PPR leagues, and it wasn't even I – mean, he finished with, like, not even a full point. It was, like, 0. .3 points more than the, the rookie Calvin Ridley uh, behind Julian Edelman. For me, just – what it's not like he – I don't think he – it's not even I don't think Kenny Galladay is going to be a solid player. It's just where he's valued right now, I would rather just go elsewhere. I think Marvin Jones actually finishes with more fantasy points this season than Kenny Galladay. That's my hot take of the day. I could definitely see that happening, to be honest with you. Um, excuse me. Garrett, any thoughts on Kenny Galladay before we go to your last guy? I liked Kenny Galladay a lot more before they drafted TJ Hawkinson. Um, I do worry that uh, that elite production is going to be cut into because of how talented of a player uh, Hawkinson is. So uh, I, I definitely like Galladay, I think, more than Rich does. Uh, but I still find myself taking a lot of other players in that same range uh, before I take Galladay. Yeah, exactly. And that's where the truth in the pudding comes when you're on a clock and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, yeah. I'd rather just say this because the same thing. It's like, it's, there's a question mark there with him. And it, right. And you can't say that with confidence. It's just, to me, again, it's not even, this isn't even a big slight to Galladay itself. It's more just so, like, I need another year to prove it. And where everybody's valuing him right now, like, okay, I'll take the 2021st plus. Than Kenny Galladay, right? And the the Lions' passing attack has been very meh the past couple seasons, so that gives me a little bit of pause as well. Meh, dude, it's worse than meh. I don't know what a worse word. Meh. I'm being generous, I mean, dude. Matt Stafford didn't finish as a QB one last year at all, at all. Not in the year, not a week, not a week. He didn't finish as a quarterback one, not a week. All right, maybe it's worse than meh. Yeah, definitely worse, worse than that. Worse than that would be like Erm, maybe. Uh, <laughs> we're just we're making making stuff. Like I just that, like to call so. that a giant poop sandwich, and that's what that is right now. I mean, how are you the number one overall, a number one overall pick with a rocket arm, who's actually you know not a terrible quarterback, but you know, and you have Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones there, and you still can't finish one week as a quarterback one on a week as top twelve fantasy quarterback. Man, I don't want anything to do with that nonsense over there. Give me all the carry on Johnson. Yeah, I think he is going to have an amazing year. Carry on, that is. Um, Garrett, who is your last guy that we have as a flop or drop or dud of the year? I, I, I find myself kind of in that same thing with, with Kenny Galladay. I kind of just find myself never taking uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, it, it's it's once again the players that are in that tier. Would I be surprised if if he has a very good season this year? No, not at all. I think for 2019 and redraft, I actually think he's a very very solid pick. But 
his time is running out. Uh, Paris Campbell's there now. Um, they have a lot going on with their tight ends. I, I just don't know how much more time he's going to be able to continue to put up these crazy, you know, 14, 1500 yard seasons. And as soon as that dips a little bit, if he dares get, you know, anywhere near like 1,000, 1,100, usually his TDs aren't there enough to support him being, you know, a high and wide receiver two, low and wide receiver one. So I, I'm just kind of all the way out on, on T.Y. Hilton. I just don't really have much interest. I feel like Rich is not a T.Y. Hilton guy either. Definitely Rich, not. did I hear you say that? Yeah, yeah I've never uh, I've never been a big T.Y. He, but he's one of those guys that always produces, so I don't really preach it very that loudly. He just falls in that category, like you mentioned earlier in the show. Like, I just don't – I he's one of those guys that I just never draft. Um, and right now, I think, obviously with his age, them bringing in Paris Campbell – uh, other weapons are, you know, I think they're going to get another receiver. To me, his days are definitely going to be numbered there in Indianapolis. But it would not shock me still this year if T.Y. Hill had another 1,300 yards receiving and finished as a wide receiver one. Okay. Um, so my last flop of the year is actually a combination. That's Clay Matthews and Eric Weddle. I just think that they're both over the hill. At this point, they're kind of cast off from other teams. Um, if they were so good, Clay Matthews would still be in Green Bay and Eric Weddle would still be in either Baltimore or uh, Los Angeles, which is still weird calling the Chargers the LA Chargers. So um, I'm it's all out take me on the over to get that right. Yeah, I still just want them to go back to San Diego. Like, just go back. You know what I mean? You belong. I think there. LA wants them to go back too. Yeah, I think I don't think anybody really shows up to those games. I mean, there's a, it's always nice there, so there's always something to do. But um, that just strikes me more as a USC town than a pro football town. Um, but I'm out on these two. They're over the hill. They're not going to give you anything. Uh, Weddle at the most would probably be like a good DB three for you, maybe a solid bye week plugin. But that's about it. Um, so that wraps up our fantasy flops for today. We do have some, uh, just a couple listener questions. And if I could figure out how to use my, I should start writing the listener questions down instead of just screenshotting them because then I have to. Um, go back through all this stuff. Okay. So, uh, Stefan Warbington does have a question. Uh, among the elite players who can actually be considered elite and who are simply system players slash product of environment, or are all players just system players? I don't know what that means. Hold on. No, I think it's, it's like, are all players, no matter what, just a product of the system? Uh, or are they like elite? Like who's a product of the system and who's elite? Got it. You know, I think I want to okay. boil this down to, I think that's a real question there. And, you know, obviously the, I think the top guys that you see every year are just elite. They, they, it, it, you know, a lot of these guys are drafted really high. Well, to be drafted really high, you got to go to a really bad team. Same with the quarterbacks, you know, you, you get drafted to a really bad team. They have a top 10 pick. They're a bad team. And a lot of people are going to transcend that. So a lot of these guys at the top guys like Julio Jones, guys like, Saquon Barkley, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, they're, you know, Christian McCann, they're going to thrive no matter what system they're in. Okay. Um, I, I, I think got, the, I got that the, now. Sorry. <laughs> the, the most interesting one, and this is kind of debated fairly often, is Tom Brady. I, I don't think many people would say that he is not the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, there's a few still holding on to Joe Montana or Peyton Manning, but I think the general consensus is Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. But would he have been that guy if he hadn't landed with Bill Belichick? And somewhat vice versa, would Bill Belichick be Belichick without Tom Brady? That's that's one of the more interesting ones, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I Tom Brady's a damn good quarterback, man. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, I have I, I don't like Boston teams, and I and I loathe the University of Michigan. So for me to say Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time is it, it hurts. But he's the greatest back quarterback of all time. You know, they, and you're right. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they did. They needed each other. It's a system and a quarterback. But, you know, from watching Tom Brady plays his entire career, the guy makes fantastic decisions and makes yeah. can throw the, you know, his ball placement. He's just an overall amazing quarterback. Is he the most talented quarterback of all time? Probably not. But is he the best quarterback of all time? That's 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Too many rings to say otherwise. Until Baker gets six. That's what I like. Well, he to needs hear. to get seven now, doesn't he? Does Thomas? No, six? no, he just needs to get six. Okay. Um, well, no, we did be, be, he'll still be better than Tom then at that point. I think yeah, he just I, needs like three or four, and and he'll, his talent 
overall will, will be enough for people to know. Oh, he just needs one for me, and then it's, and it's <laughs> it. And it's, it's the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. I really think it's going to happen. I, I do think he's going to bring it to Cleveland. I mean, Not a just, doubt in he, my mind. He's like the perfect guy for that town. Like, like I was actually talking about him with my brother-in-law, and like he's a guy that if the Eagles didn't have Carson Wentz, I would want Baker Mayfield just because he's he's got that grit, that swagger, that like blue collar just mentality of I'm gonna f it up. And I mean, as a non Browns fan, I love me some Baker Mayfield. And as a matter of fact, Garrett, in that startup that we're in, he got sniped for me, and I was not happy about that. Yeah, I was I was disappointed as well. Uh, partly on myself because uh, I was doing a couple other things at the same time and forgot it was a super flex league. So that kind of pissed me off. But you would have had to take him in the first round then to get him because I think he I, went I've in. done that. I've done oh, that really? in a couple of leagues, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he oh, went pretty I'd take him three overall. Round. No shame. Yeah. I'd take him in a super flex league. I would take – I'd have no problem taking Baker that high. I'd have no problem at all. Take him number three overall. Would, would you take him or Mahomes first? I'd take Mahomes first. Okay. My, right, my Superflex uh, rankings go, yeah, Saquon, uh, Mahomes, and then Baker. A little biased in that, but, yeah, that's, our, that's where I'm at. I just can't pass up having a young quarterback on my roster in a Superflex league that's going to be elite for the next 10, 12 years. You see, I'm okay with the bias. And people are like, oh, well, you're biased just because you're a Browns fan. That's true, but you also watch every snap of every game, so you know this more than I would as an Eagles fan or somebody else would that's a – Cardinals fan or a Chargers fan. I don't know if there's Chargers fans or not. Um, if there is, you could tell me on Twitter. So I don't expect to hear much. Um, so got uh, my brother-in-law has a question, and he was actually one of the only people I told that Rich was coming on because I wanted to keep this one a secret and then just kind of go, surprise. Uh, Vinny says, hey, thanks for all the great content. He no longer needs to buy a fantasy magazine or anything like that because of the podcast and being part of the Nerd Herd. So Vinny yeah. says, thank you. And... Come on, phone. Okay. Uh, this is Rich. Are you a commissioner in any leagues? I, I believe you are, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is uh, first one's from the commissioner's side. How do you deal with members of your leagues that are not active or don't seem to care? And on the opposite side, how do you deal with people that care too much and constantly pester everybody and the commissioner? Uh, so the one that the, they constantly pester me, I would just tell them, dude, Stop pestering me. Like, okay. I'm a commissioner. I don't get paid for this. Like, bring them to the league. I think I think the best thing for a commissioner to do is right away is just you, you, you take a lot of the power out of your hands. I think it's the best thing to do, and you just put everything to a vote, man. Like, it's just – it's a democracy. Hey, th- this is what it is. You want, you want to pass a new rule? You want to do this or that? We just put it to a vote. Majority rules every time. That way there's no – that way there's no really one person really kind of laying down the law. Uh, that's why that's what I have found is the best uh, for longevity and for a guy that doesn't uh, that's not as active and they don't make trades but you know the way I look at it man if, if they pay their dues then they're in just because they're not as active as you you know maybe, maybe they don't want to be maybe they like their team maybe they don't want to make trades maybe they got burned on trades they don't want to I, I'm fine with that as long as they pay their dues and they set their lineup every week then that's all you can really ask from a player in a league. That's the most, you know, it's the least amount. And if you like to make trades and they don't respond and stuff, that that might piss you off. But hey, man, he's paying his money. Okay, good point. I like the way uh, you think there, Garrett. Do you agree with what Rich said? Yeah, uh, I do. I have no problem with with guys that don't aren't crazy active. Uh, I do try to um, try to spearhead that on the front end though a lot of times if i'm a commissioner i'm trying to make sure i have guys in my league that are going to be active um and and i think you can do some things as a commissioner to help encourage some of that like if you do a good job of having a group chat and you're constantly bringing up things for them to talk about uh debate about whatever like if you do a good job of that that'll help uh, filter down into the rest of the league. If you do fun little like you know things with the league and stuff like that, that'll just bring the energy level up in your league. And so I think you can kind of help foster some of that. You'll still have duds from from time to time, but I think you can fend some of that off on the onset if you do a good job with that. Okay. Um, second question revol- involves trading. Uh, what is 
your best advice for trading? Do you start low with the thought that you could go up or do you start with your best offer? I think it's if you know the if you know your league, if it, if it's a if it's a well like you've been in dynasty league for a couple of years, I think it's to each owner. Um, some owners like to go back and forth, you know, and negotiate. So those are the kind of guys you go in with with a little maybe a little bit of a lower offer, knowing that they're going to counter no matter what you send over, most likely anyways. And then there are guys that are like no BS guys. Like if you send a bad offer, then they're not even going to make a deal with you no matter what. So you got to come in with with your best offer. So I think it's it's different if if I'm in a league with a lot of guys I don't know and from the get go, I'm gonna put something that's I like to try and put a package that I'm pretty comfortable with right out the gate uh, that I'm okay with and that I feel like I personally feel is fair and see what they come back with on top of that. Uh, but it, again, I think it, I think it's different for each individual. Okay, so it's kind of a case by case basis then. Um, Garrett, what are your thoughts on that? It's always fun when you're like the new guy in the league. Like I just uh, jumped in in a, in a league with Rich and uh, got to take over a team. And it's hilarious because as soon as you hop in, you get like super low ball offers. Everybody's everybody's just kind of testing the water to see like, okay, is this guy smart? Is this guy an idiot? Like what? Is, like what is he doing? And so you kind of get all of those offers right away. Um, but if I'm initiating an offer. Uh, I, I like to make sure that I have a good rapport uh, with with the the guys in the league. So I don't want to be I don't like to be viewed as this guy that's going to like try to trade rape everybody and that kind of stuff. Like I'm I'm trying to make sure that I have good relationships. So when I do desperately want a player and desperately make a deal, I already have some good like back and forth with whoever that is. So I feel more confident uh, winning or not winning that deal, but getting the deal done. Uh, that I need to need to get done. And so there have even been times, I don't necessarily recommend this, uh, but there have even been times where if it's a pitily small deal that like doesn't matter, like so-and-so for my fourth round pick, blah, 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 like, and it really is truly going to have no real impact on my team. I'm okay with even slightly losing a trade on one of those to help build a good rapport with somebody so I can take advantage of that later. I like it. I think the most surprising thing is that Garrett actually said trade rape. Um, never thought I'd hear you say that one, but I do like the way you think. And, um, is that like, is that like a swear word for me? Is that, is that what we're getting at? I just don't think I've ever heard you curse to be honest. Is is rape, is race a a curse word? I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty offended right now, so I don't know about you guys. (laughs) I've heard Rich drop the F-bomb on the Nerd Hurt podcast. I could just like, when I, I hear that, I could just hear Garrett blushing through the microphone. It's just great. And I said this on Twitter. One of the funniest moments from the nerd herd is um, I was pulling up to the driving range and I had the windows on my truck down. I had the nerd herd podcast on. And so in order to hear it over the windows being down, I had it pretty loud and I pull up and I park next to this van filled with a mom and her kids. And right as I park and I'm about to get out, I hear Rich go, if your league doesn't have a taxi squad, it's effing stupid and you need to quit right now. <laughs> Yeah. And this mom, this mom looks over at me horrified. So I turn my truck off and I go, he knows what he's talking about. You should probably just quit. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's just looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, well, whatever. And then she's I like, fun. what's a taxi squad? What's a taxi yeah. squad? That yeah, sounds like a probably... weird porno. All right. <laughs> so um, last question of the week. Uh, we get a, a question every week from Tyler. He's the official fan of the show. Uh, just two quick hits here. What are your guys' feelings towards Deion Kane? And is anybody worried that Melvin Gordon will not show up? So, Rich, let's Oof. start with you. Uh, I like Deion Kane from what I saw out of uh, you know the preseason of last year. He is coming off the ACL injury, and a lot of times, guys, you know, the receiver position, these guys that come off the ACL, their their first year back is kind of underwhelming for what you want, and he's already not even a superstar. That's kind of like Cooper Cup. I think you got to be a little bit worried about Cooper Cup this year, just coming off the injury. Um, so I like Deion Kane, but I like Deion Kane more in twenty twenty than twenty nineteen. Um, he had really good pedigree under under underperformed a little bit at Clemson and didn't do as well as I really thought he would do there. But he definitely has the the characteristics of a nice solid receiver and sometimes those guys actually get better in the NFL and what I saw the preseason I loved so I am excited about Deion Kane as a nice stash and then the, uh, Melvin Gordon 
Yeah, I think he's he's going to show up. Uh, I don't think – I think what Le'Veon Bell did was a, a huge outlier. Like, nobody – no running back's given up $14 million a year. I, I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to give up millions and millions of dollars a year because, you know, the, the difference here too is Melvin Gordon's still on his rookie deal, and Le'Veon Bell wasn't at that point. He'd already played on a franchise tag, and that's what he was already getting paid. So he'd already been paid at one point. And for me, I don't think Melvin Gordon's really going to afford to lose that money. So I think he's going to show up at some point. I don't know when that point is going to be, but I do, I do still, I do think we see Melvin Gordon play at some point. Yeah, I was thinking about holding out of work too, but I don't think it's going to work. It's, out for it's me. not going to work out for you. I actually, <laughs> no. there, there's a small part of me that thinks they actually get a deal done. Uh, you know, probably by the time the season starts, I could see them kind of negotiating in a way and end up paying him a little bit of money where he's okay uh, and he actually shows up. I actually see him getting a contract, but we'll find out soon. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping he shows up. Garrett, what are your thoughts on that? I am not as sold that they're going to get a deal done. Uh, the, the, the one thing that would push me in that direction is I do think the Chargers are a very good football team. And some of these like sleeper, like, hey, they could be Super Bowl contenders. Uh, some of those comments, I think there's some legitimacy to that. So that's the only thing that convinces me that they might make a deal. Uh, but I would not be shocked at all if he ends up getting traded. I think he has a certain number in his mind that he feels like he's worth. And I don't know that he's going to bend much. And I think the Chargers are kind of in the same boat. And so I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to get a little bit ugly. And I think all in all, they're going to end up dealing him. So. And that will that will fluctuate his value greatly depending on where that landing spot is. You know that ends up being Tampa Bay. Then people are loving life and they're so happy that they have Melvin Gordon and things are great. Uh, if he ends up in uh, a not so favorable situation where you know maybe uh, he doesn't get quite the workload that he would have, or it's it's a subpar football team or whatever, then that could really tank his value. So I'm. I'm really, really curious to see what's going to happen with this. But uh, if I had to place a bet, I think I'm bet- putting it on him getting traded. Okay. That would definitely be very interesting. Um, so that wraps up our listener questions of the week. And, Garrett, I did believe that before the show you said that it's Hall of Fame week. It in, is. It's uh, Hall of Fame week in Canton. All right. Well, hey, you know, that brings us to our rewind of the week. The NFL was founded August 20th, 1920. In Canton, Ohio. So yeah, it was uh, fitting place to have Hall, Hall of, Fame of Fame city, baby. Look at that, and I have been there. It's a very beautiful place. Um, from the couple hours that I was in Canton, hope to get back there soon. Um, I will be. And in you were Cleveland all about next. Napoli's too, weren't you? You you liked I, that. I think I mispronounced what I ordered, and the waitress was like, "Screw this guy, go back to Pennsylvania." <laughs> I'm I'm fairly convinced Napoli's like most of the people there have like mafia connections. Um, but I think that's why the food's so good. Hey, whatever. I had a good time. Thanks again for lunch, Garrett. I do appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we do have the verse of the week, Garrett, if you want to hit us up with that. Yeah, so the uh, the rewind verse of the week, it, we're going to be in James. James chapter 1, verse 19. Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Uh, and this is something that I try really, really hard to live by. And so it's one of like the verses that I hold on to uh, because it's not, I don't think it comes natural for a lot of uh, people. Uh, quick to listen and slow to speak. We, we want to get our thoughts heard. We want to get everything out there. Uh, but being able to stop and listen to what somebody else has to tell you uh, can, be, can be challenging, especially for somebody that's more of an extrovert uh, like, like I am. So that's something I really try hard to do and slow to become angry. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to get worked up over a lot of things. And uh, especially for me when I'm driving, I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit for sure when I'm driving. Um, yeah, if, if, if you want to hear me cuss someday, that's the place you'll probably uh, be most likely to hear it is when I'm driving. Um, especially on the way up to riches, that hour and 15 minute drive. Yeah, that'll get you. But, um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's just something that, uh, if you can do those three things quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Uh, I think you'll see drastic improvement, uh, just in your mood, your mentality throughout your life. Rich, have you ever heard Garrett curse by the way? Uh, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. 
I think trade rape is the closest I've ever heard to him nah, cursing. I think, but I think it was more. I think I think it was when when we were. Uh, it wasn't like on the show. I think it, he was. I think Garrett was repeating what I was saying to Matt. <laughs> okay, is what I think it was. It could be every once in a while you'll, you'll get one out of me, but but it's 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 pretty rare. But uh, but yeah, if if you want to place a bet as to when it's going to happen, it's most likely when I'm driving. Oh, I can't wait to cut you off and have the, the recorder in there. <laughs> so I'm gonna do. Give, give me look, the bird. I'm looking forward to next year when the Eagles play the uh, Browns and I come out and see Garrett in action at a game. I, I think that could be a time uh, where I hear some cursing. The, uh, the Eagles play uh, in Cleveland next year. Twenty twenty. Yeah. The 2020 season, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, why don't we go? I have season tickets. Oh, I already. I told my wife, I was like, listen, I always wanted to go to Cleveland to see a Cleveland Browns game anyway. Um, that's on my list. And if the birds are going out, like that's a no-brainer then. So, All right, we'll um, go. Me, you, and uh, Garrett, and uh, somebody else. We'll figure, it, we'll figure it out. All right, well, I got to take my wife with me. So, I mean, I'll gladly pay for tickets. I don't know that. Hopefully they're not as expensive as Eagles tickets because they, since they won the Super Bowl, they just went up astronomically. So I mean they were always expensive to begin with, which is why I don't go. So and I'm cheap. So uh, Garrett, thank you for everything that you do for us. Thank you for everything you do on Twitter and for the Dynasty Nerds. And um, Rich, thank you again for coming on, gracing us with your presence. Um, thank you for giving me a start in the industry. I will always have a debt to you. Um, so where can we find Garrett on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Dynasty Price. Okay. And Rich, where can we find you and the Dynasty Nerds on Twitter? You can follow me at Dynasty Rich. And you can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. And I can tell you right now, Dynasty Nerds website, if you're not a Nerd Herd member, it is definitely worth the money. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at the Rate 5 or you could also follow the show at Dynasty Rewind, everybody. So thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.